0: Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us His forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you will forgive me. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given your your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy upon us, and and for his his sake, grant grant us remission
1: of all our sins. And by by your Holy Spirit, increase the knowledge of you, and of your will, and and through obedience to your your word, to to the end, that by by your grace, grace, we may come to everlasting life.
0: Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all of our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, O Lord, unto us all. Amen. Amen. merciful guiding accomplish them through jesus christ your son our lord who lives and reigns with you and the holy spirit one god now and forever Amen. amen the scripture readings for this the sixth sunday of easter the first reading from the acts of the apostles the 17th chapter While Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city was full of idols. And so he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. And some said, what does this babbler wish to say? And others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he has Preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took hold of him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting, for you bring some strange things to our ears, and we wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. And so Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. second reading from the third chapter of 1 Peter. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into the heavens and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Stand in respect of Christ of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to Saint John, the fourteenth chapter. And Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Amen.
2: From God our Father from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ our text this morning is from the gospel reading these words of our Lord he said I will not leave you as orphans but I will come to you so far our text dear friends in our Lord I'm sure our Lord could have chosen another word I'm sure he certainly could have found a synonym for the word orphan orphanus in the Greek But it's important to note that he did it. There in the upper room, on the brink of the fulfillment of all of those pregnant prophecies of old, there to fulfill that for which he was born, that soon would visibly take him from his beloved band of disciples. Now these disciples had come to follow this man, this God-man, Only about 33 years of age he was at this time, but they came to follow him like they would follow a father. They came to trust him like they trust a father and rely on him and listen to him like one would rely upon and listen to a father. He emboldened them, encouraged them, strengthened them. There Jesus soon would go where they would not yet follow, to the cross, to the grave, and then resurrected again, to be ascended into heaven visibly to depart from them, indeed, then no other word than orphan or or, orphanus. Would or could perhaps embody just how he knew his dear disciples might be tempted to feel when he finally would be taken from their sight. But consider that word for a minute, orphan. It embodies a whole lot when we think about it. Certain columnists who went only by the first name of Barbara, relates how she, a Russian orphan from the age of nine, viewed life. She wrote this. She said, being an orphan is different. It means having no family, no father, no mother, to keep you safe, to love you. It means knowing that your Christmas presents, if any at all, were not chosen with you in mind, but simply were picked for any child means being quite uncertain about what the future will hold it means living day by day with no plan of even having a plan means having no one to think on you to worry about you she said it it means having no one to hug having not those loving arms in which you find the shelter it means she writes being afraid to become attached to anyone because he or she probably won't be there very long being an orphan in short I think we could say it means being bereft Of parental love the guidance of a teacher the protection of a guardian the determined defense of an advocate it means craving the parental love and affection and protection that simply isn't there it's being deprived of all these comforts that many of us have perhaps come to take for granted in our lives so you see the word orphan is most fitting No, I think the word orphan is most fitting. It's easy to see considering all these things that I just recounted to you. I think it's very easy to see why some translators have translated this passage to have Jesus say, I will not leave you comfortless. They're near synonymous, aren't they? Comfortless, orphan. When we think about it all, there is no end to the comfort of such a promise as this. Precisely because there is no day and corner of your life that has no place or no need for this kind of assurance. Consider the corners of your life for a moment. Do you today mourn the recent or the distant loss of a father? Whose strong arms once playfully whisked you up or of a mother, perhaps, whose loving and tender arms? so often hug the hurt away? Do you today or will you one day? Mourn the loss? Have you, or rather have they or others in your life been taken from you so that just like that Russian orphan Barbara, it would seem that there is now no one left to hug? Or have the roles reversed so that now you're the caretaker of the one who, who took such care of you in life? Or has your life, like the orphans' Perhaps been marked by that burn of abandonment. Or have the infidelities of life's relationships or the unkept promises in life left you like orphan Barbara afraid to to become attached because you don't know how secure another relationship or another promise would be? Have the insecurities in life left you like the orphan living day by day as it were having no plan of having a plan? Insecurities all around us? Or how about this corner of life? Has the law of God done its work in you so that today you realize that it's your sin and the sins of others and and the general sin ingrained condition of fallen mankind that's brought all of these cold and these cruel casualties of comfort upon you. Has that law of God convinced you that unlike, certainly unlike the innocent victims of orphanhood in the world, Has that law convinced you that that before God there is no place here to claim innocent victimhood but only to repent of that of which we are indeed guilty? For Isaiah declares to us your sins. Your sins have separated you. They have orphaned you, you, as it were. They have separated you from your God. There is no day no corner or care of life then, friends, as we consider it, that cannot be cradled in the comfort of Christ's pledge to you, who says, I will not leave you as orphans. Though the world and our sin will, and they will, he says, I will not. Equally heartening for us, though, as Christians, is to know that just as much as as this security applies to you personally in all of your grievings, and your insecurities and abandonments, distresses in life, just as much as it applies to you personally, it's so heartening for us to know that it applies to you, as he said, his church. You, his church corporately, collectively. He says, I will not leave you, my church, as orphans. In a day that's In fact, really no different than St. Paul's Day, a day when the church is constantly bombarded by the hedonistic pleasure-pursuing Epicurean philosophies or the fatalistic and comfortless Stoic philosophies of the day or the relativistic to each his own God, Athenian doctrines of the day. Isn't it good to hear our Lord remind us that I will never leave you as orphans in a day which is little different than St. Peter's Day, In which Christians are torn from their families perhaps not here in the United States not yet but most certainly throughout the world Christians are indeed torn from their families denied opportunities even imprisoned or tortured executed to sum it all up in one word like Peter did in our epistle reading our second reading those who suffer he said for doing what is good for believing what is right in a day like this isn't it good for us to know And isn't it the highest comfort to us to hear our Lord say to you, I will not leave you comfortless and as orphans. I will not leave you, he said, as orphans. I will not leave you comfortless. I will leave you the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Helper, the Paraclete, as he's called in the text in the original language. Remember the Gospel text, friends. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper or a comforter, one who will be with you forever. Now, before we consider this paraclete, this comforter, this we must note. That there is no comfort to be had, no comfort to you, unless we first understand that it was Christ died for you who reconciled you unto the father brought you back into a relationship with the father so as not to leave you as orphans as we heard in the epistle reading Christ Jesus died once for sin the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us back to God but with that in mind note this then he says I will ask the father And that in itself is a comfort to us all, because graciously Christ takes that out of our hands and into His own hands. Think about it. What if you were to have to ask the Father, based upon what your hands have done? There'd be no comfort, no assurance, none in that. Friends, with, with Calvary's cross in mind, where you find Him, there. His perfect hands outstretched in sin atoning fashion for you with this in mind he assures you he says I will ask the father and so confident is Christ in his atoning work on your behalf that he does not hesitate he doesn't hesitate to promise it to you he says I will ask the father and you can count on it he will give to you another helper a paraclete to be with you forever Parakletos is the word. It's a word that describes one who's called to the side of another. In a legal context, in the legal context, describes one who comes to the side of one to be an advocate for, to plead for, to argue for, to speak for, to speak for you. How comforting is that? To know that, as Paul says in Romans, the Spirit himself, God the Holy Spirit himself, makes intercession for us with groanings too deep for words, ever invoking the blood of Jesus Christ on your behalf. Paraclete. It means also one who comes to the side to bring comfort to or encouragement to or aid or help. And this brings to my mind a certain runner, a British runner named Derek Redmond. Maybe you remember him. Derek Redmond, who skyrocketed to fame by shattering his country's 400 meter time in the early 1990s at only age 19, and he was poised as a favorite to win the race in the Barcelona Summer Games, 1992. Well, the games arrived, and as one has described it, Redmond was absolutely aching for a medal. And on the day of the semi 65,000 fans streamed into the stadium. And, and there at the top, seated at the very top, Derek's father, Jim Redmond, a faithful witness to each and every one of his son's world competitions. Well, with the crack of the gun, the race began. The runners took off. Derek broke out, broke out of the pack, not surprisingly, to take the lead. Heading down the back, back stretch of the 400-meter race, more than half complete, Now, with only 175 meters to go, it seemed Derek certainly would place high enough to earn himself a spot in the the finals at the Olympics. Then it happened. Derek heard a pop. It was his right hamstring. He pulled up lame, his leg quivering. He began to to hop on the other leg. Getting slower and slower, finally he he fell to the track as the other, other runners that were chasing him dashed right by him and on their way to the finish line. And the medical personnel rushed out across the lanes of the track to attend to him. At that very moment, high up in the stands, there was commotion. It was Derek's father, Jim, seeing his son there in need, he was single-minded to get to the, the side of his son. Hopping the barricade, dodging security, raced out onto the track. Security pursuing him, he called out to them, "That's my son out there!" Father came to the side of his son. He wrapped his arm around him, his injured son, who by this time had made it up onto his good leg. And and perhaps you'll remember what happened next. Jim Redmond brought his limping son. To cross the finish line to a thunderous roar of a standing ovation. While Jim Redmond might have evoked in his son an inner determination and a strength, courage to press on, the paraclete of God knows that these are not the inner qualities and virtues of a sinful man. That's why, friends, called to your side, he brings them to you. The Christ-one, Christ-given determination and strength and courage to press on in life day by day. To persist on in trial, to resist in temptation. All because His forgiveness, Christ's forgiveness, He brings to you in each and every day when we need it. In each and every day where we need it in each and every day. The spirit of truth as you heard him described in the gospel reading today who enables you to trust in the all forgiving work of Christ Jesus he brings to you the tender affection of a father who loves you and because of Christ he says that's my son that's my son in need The strong arms of God the Father to hold us up, to bear us along in life. He brings Christ's assurance in the midst of life's deepest sorrow. Christ's assurance that because I live, you heard him say, because I live, you shall live also. His guarantee that all things must and can't help but work together for the good of those who by grace love him and have been called according to his purpose never as orphans never as orphans will he leave you for he says i come to you he comes to you through the holy spirit with the holy spirit and the father together so he comes to you through the reading of scripture the preaching of scripture these very sacraments that are here located in the church of god in word and sacrament that's where would-be orphans find the sort of inexhaustible help that does not fail the comfort from God that does not and will not flee. It's where you find the loving embrace of a father who loves you. It's, it's where you find the certainty of God's plan for you in eternal life. Our father, his son, their Holy Spirit, they're thinking precisely of you. And unlike an orphan's Christmas gift that might be chosen with any old child in mind, your Lord delivers to you Through these means, grace sufficient, not too much, not too little, but with you individually in mind, grace sufficient, precisely perfect, and sufficient for you. The grace that you need in each day. It was September. Of 1847 and henry francis light whose health was failing a pastor whose health was failing preached his farewell sermon to his beloved congregation in brixham south devonshire in england toward the evening of the day he went down the garden path from his house to view the setting sun on a high hill that overlooked all of brixham harbor he recounted to his family later on that There that day, at that time, he dearly desired to write words that might comfort his survivors after he was gone. And he prayed that day that he would, and that he could write those words. Well, no sooner had the sun set that day than he returned to his study, as his children thought, to rest. An hour later, though, the door opened, and Henry Light emerged, carrying in his hand the manuscript of a hymn that you know very, very well. Abide with me. Fast falls the even tide. The darkness deepens. Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless. Abide with me. Friends, never forget what comfort attends you. Your Lord said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another comforter, one who will not fail and one who will not flee. And he will be with you forever. And I, myself, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. And so in life and in death, never forget that comfort, that promise that abides with you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen.
0: Lord of the church, which was purchased by the blood of your son, attend, we beg you, to the prayers of your people. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, you have mercy. Preserve your church from the fear which would silence her, protect her when she is assailed by false voices within or by persecution from without. By your Holy Spirit, enable her to make a bold defense of the hope that she has in your son. And the confidence that she has in the word and the sacraments by which he comes to her to claim her and to keep her as his own let us pray to the lord lord Amen. have mercy o lord of heaven and earth in whom all things stand fast and through whose son everything holds together by your wisdom and spirit shape the governments of the nations that they may accomplish that which you ordain governments to do let us pray to the lord lord Amen. have mercy Especially do we pray for our nation and its president and our congressmen and senators and judges and those who enforce our laws and protect and defend us. Grant honest businesses and wholesome arts and true science to flourish among us and work through us as a nation to bring hope to the oppressed and help to the sick and to the suffering. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, you have given your spirit of truth to dwell with us, dwell within those who are today born from above by your word and baptismal waters. Especially do we pray for the infant daughter of your pastoral servant Mark Bestel and his wife Shanna. As you today wash little Sophie Michelle and the cleansing sacrifice of your son and clothe her with his righteousness and receive her unto yourself, grant her also your Holy Spirit that she may remain steadfast in the faith unto life everlasting. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord of heaven and earth, in your son's resurrection, you have overcome the tribulations which your people face in this world. As they traverse this wilderness of suffering and tears, grant them rest and healing, or patience and endurance, especially do we pray for our brothers in Christ, Paul Dewell, Fred Hine, Robert Latham, Dick Much, and our sisters in Christ, Margie Fleming and Elsie Much, who contend with chronic illnesses, and ruth noland and sonia heideman who both undergo cataract surgery this week be also with the brother of chris stainer who contends with complications of blood clots and others of your family who need our encouragement and our support let us pray to the lord lord, lord you have mercy Jesus. comfort o lord all who grieve the death of loved ones and seek to adjust to life here without them guide those confused about decisions of life which need to be made open doors of opportunity to the unemployed and give good counsel to the financially stressed let us pray to the lord lord Lord, have mercy mercy. we pray also and thank you with those who celebrate anniversaries of their marriage especially david and shanna hartman as they celebrate their 13th anniversary asking that you would continue to bless them and be with them in their home let us pray to the lord lord Lord, have mercy. mercy go before those who are in the midst of life's many transitions to that end go with the seminarian sons of your church who have received vicarage assignments as well as with those who have received your divine call into the office of the holy ministry especially stephen Moss as he prepares to past your flock at trinity lutheran church of Anna, illinois sustain also the 30 plus graduating seminarians including nathan Muhlberg, who because of a shortage of calling congregations must find part-time work to support their families as they await pastoral calls to be issued to them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord we have mercy. And finally, O Father, that all of us, like all who have gone before us in the faith, may leave this world as we left the font of baptismal waters, united with Christ Jesus, to whom with you, O Father, and the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. And hear us, O Lord as together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our as we forgive those who trespass against us. And leave us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For life is the kingdom. all holy scriptures to be written for our learning grant that we may so hear them read mark learn and take them to heart that by the patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of everlasting life through jesus christ your son our lord who lives and reigns with you in the holy spirit one god now and forever amen receive the benediction of the lord